And sings my soul. Whoa, the God of miracles.
rejoicing because we know where he's at. Amen. 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 Uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. We do have several connected to the church that are sick. I'm sick and tired of saying that people are sick. Yes. I'm ready for everybody to get well. Amen. Well, so amen. let's be, be praying for those that are sick. We're holding them up to God in prayer. There's some not able to be here this morning due to uh, the rain was supposed to be coming in at about 11 o'clock or so. So uh, just be much in prayer for those that have joined us on live feed. I know several have. So let's be much in prayer for those that are not able to be here as well. Amen. You have a prayer request, let me know by lifting your hand. God knows every need. Let's all stand. Those that have joined us on live feed, you can text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. We want to partner together in prayer. Amen. I serve a mighty big God. Amen. Amen. Your kind and gracious heavenly fathers, we come to you this day. We want to thank you. We thank you for a great and mighty blessing that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. What an honor and a privilege it is. Father, today I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in this service. Open the windows of heaven and pour out an anointing and a blessing upon each one, those that are in-house and those that have joined us on live feed. Father, I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way. Open the windows of heaven and pour out an anointing and a blessing upon this service. God, I pray that you'll touch the praise team as they bring forth your word and song. I pray, Father, that your anointing, your word is already anointing, but I pray that that anointing would flow into the hearts and lives of each one, in-house and live feet alike. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Church, we do not sing because we need a warm-up. We don't sing because we need a warm-up. We do not sing so that people will have time to get to their seats. We do not sing because we need entertainment. Yes. But we've come to the house of God to sing praises to his name yeah. because God is good. We've come to the house of God to sing praises to his name because God is worthy. We've come here to sing because it's an act of unity. And we are declaring the glory of the Lord God. We know the gravity of our sin, but we also know the grandeur of his grace and his mercy in our lives. Amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise as we worship God in song this morning. Amen.
God. Aren't you glad your chains are gone this morning? Give God a great hand clap of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you again today, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. Father, over the next few moments as we're bringing forth your word as you've given it to us, I pray, Father God, you'll continue to allow us to touch and minister to the hearts and lives of each one not only those in-house, but those that have joined us on live feed. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you give God another hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning? God is good, amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Again, we appreciate you being here with us today in the house of God. Amen. Life is crazy. Did you know that? Does anybody know that? Life is crazy. You don't know one day the next what's going to be going on, what's going to be happening. Life is tough at times. You get up one morning and you've got your plan, you got your planned out for the day. The morning I get up and I walk into the kitchen. We do this every morning, walk in the kitchen. And has anybody got one of those Alexa doodads? Got one of those Alexa doodads? You know, they do listen to you. We tested that out one day. I got a story. I'm, I'm getting somewhere. I want, you to show, I want to show you something. Life is crazy. But we were sitting there one day and we was thinking about, we was, we was in the car and we are going down the road and we was, you know, we was talking about the fact that somebody told us that them things listen to you and they'll start bringing ads up and they'll start doing things. And so it's like, you know what? We get home, we're going to start talking about something that we would never do, rock climbing. We'll see what this thing does. We get home, walk around, start talking about rock climbing. You know, I'm going to go rock climbing over at Mount, whatchamacallit. Name something that ain't even, doesn't exist or don't think it does. You don't open up your phone, what's the first thing you got in your email? You got an ad for rock climbing equipment. I'll start talking about winning a million dollars and see what happens. You hear what I'm saying, you know? So in the mornings, walk in there and I tell that thing, good morning. It turns these lights on, and I wish it had already made my coffee for me, but I have to do that. Go in there and do that, and, and it's got, ours has got a little screen there, and they look, and it's got the calendar, what you got going on for that day. So I know generally you look at that thing, and you see what's on the calendar. You got this appointment, you got that appointment, and you know really what's going on for your day, but your day can just go cattywonkered. Goes up, upside down, inside out, and everything changes. Why? Because life is crazy. Life goes upside down. But even, even when that happens, even when life goes upside down, even when things happen like that, we're all still trying to figure out the mystery of life. We're trying to figure out the mystery of human life. I'm not talking about where did life come from. Although that conversation did come up yesterday in a conversation I was having. We was talking about the Big Bang Theory and we was talking about this and we are talking about that and how the th scientists think that the earth is 14.8 million, billion years old. And, but then they tell us, these, you know, life is crazy. All these things pulled together, life is crazy. And so we're sitting there and as you're looking at those things and you're trying to figure out about life in your life. You're trying to figure out about life in your life, trying to figure out how you're going to make sure that things line up with the way it's supposed to, how you're going to figure out how that life is going to happen like it's supposed to. I've got 
you're sitting there and you're trying, my brother and my sister-in-law, they're all the time trying to figure out how they're going to get their two kids to all these sporting events of the day. People with kids, you're trying to figure out how you're going to do this, how you're going to do that. You've got to get to soccer practice and baseball practice at the exact same time. It don't work. I'm going to tell you, life is messy. Life goes upside down. But there's one thing about it, and this is what we're going to be talking about today. There's one thing about it. Is there is an aspect of our life that we don't have to try to figure out. We can rest assured to know God is, is in control. No matter what happens in our life, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how everything is turned upside down, we know that God's got this. God's in control. God is in charge. Do you know how I know that? Because Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, I've read this verse. This will be the fourth or fifth Sunday in a row. Romans 8 and 29, For those whom He foreknew, God already foreknew your life. I'm 44 years old, and 6,000 years ago, God already knew that on this day, this hour, this moment, God knew where I was going to be at. Our life is nothing but a vapor. It's just a twinkle in God's eyes. It, is, it really is of an insignificant life, insignificance on the span of things that God has done our life is just a vapor and it's almost as if it's insignificant. So what we have to do is we've got to make sure that we're taking all of the time that we have in that short, insignificant span of life and making sure we're doing everything we can for the furtherance of God. Why? Because He foreknew us, He's predestined us to be in His image. He don't want us to be wasting away doing nothing. He wants us to do what we're called to do. Why? Because we've been formed in the image of God. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I've not been formed in the, in the image of a hippopotamus, rhinoceros, or a giraffe. That would be strange, would it not? That would be very unusual. I would be more unusual than I am right now. Don't answer me, Brother Emery. <laughs> what we've got to realize and understand is God's formed us in His image, not in the image of something else. God has already taken care of those things in our lives. Amen? So we're going to look at some things. You can move on. Uh, let me move on down in our, in our scriptures. Take a look. We've talked about several things in and throughout all of this, we've talked about man's fall, how that, how that God wanted a relationship with mankind, but yet mankind allowed sin to enter in, and that's where the fall of man come from. But because man had a fall, man allowed sin to come into life, man also had a time of regeneration and a time of salvation. We have that assurance, and this is where we started at, or we ended off last Sunday. We have an assurance of salvation. You have an assurance that if you walk outside and it's raining and you don't have an umbrella, I can assure you, you're going to get wet. Why? Because that's just something that's going to happen, happen and it's something that's going to take place. We have the real assurance of salvation. Why? Because we're on a solid foundation, the Word of God. It's not in our lives we don't have to think about, we don't have to hope on, 
but we know that God has a plan for our lives and we don't have to wait to see what that is. We've got the assurance that God's got that plan of salvation. We've just got to trust in Him. Why? Because God says so. I might tell you, I told, I told Linda Wallace the other day, on Friday, I told Linda Wallace, I said, I'll be there around 2 o'clock. I had to go to her house to help her do some things. I said, I'll be there around 2 o'clock. I didn't get to her house to probably about 5, 6 o'clock. Things happened, and I wasn't able to be there when I told her I would be there. She knew. I texted her. She knew. wasn't that. But you, you're following what my point is. Things are going to happen. Life happens. What we've got to realize and understand it is even though life happens, what we have an assurance is, is because God has said that we can have life in Him. We can have salvation. That's our assurance is because God says so. Man can be untrustworthy, but God's Word remains sure, true, and steadfast. It's impossible for God to lie. Why? Why do, we have to, why do we have that assurance to trust in His Word, in the Word of God, in the Bible? Because all Scripture has been breathed by God. All Scripture has been breathed by God. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. Because God said it, I believe it. So last Sunday we ended on these verses. We ended on the fact that there's only one way to salvation. There's only one path for salvation. There's only one course for salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How do we know that? We know that because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have eternal life. We also know that John 14 and 6 tells us that Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. But we also know that Acts chapter 10 and verse 43 says, To him all the prophets bear witness. To everyone that believes in him, receive forgiveness of sin through his name, not anybody else's name. We finally know that in uh, Acts chapter 16 and 31, when we believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You and your household. Salvation is not just for you, for you to keep and not to pass it along. It is for everybody that we come in contact with. It's for those around us that you don't even like. The Bible tells us we're supposed to pray for our enemies and those that persecute us. Salvation is a free gift that is for every man, woman, and child. It doesn't matter what you, what, what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter what's taking place. That is one thing that we have an assurance on is that salvation is for all of us. So how do we get salvation? We're laying a little bit of a foundation for this morning. Why? How do we get salvation? Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. People, people think, well, you've got to confess everything. You've got to tell everything that you've ever done. You've got to tell everything that's ever happened in your life. You've got to tell all the things, every bad thing that's ever happened. And guess what? You don't have to do that. Why? God already knows it. 
God already understands those things. God's already got those things. And what we've got to do is we need to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe that in our heart and I can be saved. It is that simple. Man has made all of the hoops that God did not do. So whenever that happens, when those things happen in our lives, the Holy Spirit bears witness for us, through us, and to those around us. The Holy Spirit bears witness. Not only do we have to do, or not only, not only do we have God's Word telling us that we're saved, we have a witness inside of us telling us the very thing. The Bible speaks to us, and God's Word confirms to us that we are saved. I've, I've, heard, I've heard evangelists, I've heard preachers, I've heard pastors. When somebody gets saved, I've heard them tell them, literally have heard this. And I 100% dis, I disagree with this statement. They'll say, they'll, somebody will get saved and they'll say, Oh, your life is going to be so much better. I believe that. Oh, everything's going to be great and wonderful. Are you kidding me? To me, that's setting somebody up for failure. Because the first thing that's going to happen is the death. I promise you, the first thing's going to happen after you get saved. Everybody in here that's saved, you can, and I'm going to say everybody in here saved, you can tell me that this is the truth. First thing that happens after you get saved, little devil's going to stand on your shoulders, going to tell you, you ain't really saved. That didn't really take place. All that was was just words. You didn't really mean that. Do you know how I know that? Hello. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once wasn't saved, and now I am. Hello? I know it happens. And let me just go ahead and tell you something. It don't stop. I've been saved. I can't tell you. I've been saved for a number of years. Let's say 30 years. Yeah, make sure I had my common core math right. Make sure I carried my 1 and subtracted my 2 and divide by 12 and dot all my squares and boxes and circles. Brother Emery, aren't you glad they didn't have all that when you was teaching math? You had to learn how to draw squares and circles and triangles. But you know, it still happens today. I've been saved for 30 years, and guess what? It still happens today. It still takes place. You ain't really saved. You're just putting on a show. It's just something you're doing. It happens, hello? But what we've got to understand is there's a witness inside of us, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. He bears witness. He confirms it within us. He says, you don't have to listen to the devil. What happened in the Garden of Eden? The devil comes slithering through and, start, and started twisting the Word of God, started twisting what God had already told them, and they started listening, and that's why sin came in. Hello? It wasn't that the devil brought sin. The devil brought doubt. The devil brought doubt. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10 tells us, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar because he, he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has a testimony in himself. I have a testimony. I've got a testimony. I used to say, I, I used to say years I used to say, I don't really have a testimony. God didn't save me from drugs. God didn't save me from alcohol. I don't really have a testimony. And this is what a, this is what a great, great man of God come to me and told me. 
I'll never forget it. Came and told me, he said, you have a testimony. You might not have ever done drugs and alcohol, but God saved you from that. God kept you from that. And I'm going to tell you something. He, what we've got in the, wor- in the world and the culture we live in today, that's, a, that's saying something. God's kept you from those things, and guess what? I'm going to tell you something. That's a testimony. And not just those other things. What we've got to do is we've got to allow the testimony in our lives to reach those around us. I have people, I have people constantly coming to me and they say, why don't, we, why don't we allow people to do testimony services? It's the testimony is not, not for us in here. We're supposed to carry the word out and testify to those. Look, I know you're going through. I know the doctors told you this, but I'm going to tell you something. God healed me. I know that you're facing a financial difficulty, but God has brought me through the same thing. If you don't think that I don't testify of what God's done for me to those that needs to hear it, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't been around me much. What we've got to realize and understand, the testimony is not supposed to be kept inside. We're supposed to tell people around us. You're supposed to tell your coworkers, your family members, your friends. You're supposed to tell them the good news of God. Sometimes after you get saved in the cares of this life, the persecution starts. The friends stop wanting, to, stop wanting to be around you. Life gets hard. You may not feel like you're saved any longer. But if you'll check the deepest part of your being, down deep in your soul, your spirit, you find an inner witness inside of you, and you have the assurance that you are a child of God. They just sung the song, I am a child of God. That was part of the line of that. I am a child of God. If you're, if you're walking around in the gloom and doom, things are happening, life happens, life gets crazy, life gets messy, do you know what you can do? You can just step up, you can, you, can, you can tighten up your belt, you can pull your jacket together and say, Devil, I'm a child of God. The devil's going to throw all these bad things at you. devil's throwing physical things. The devil's throwing financial things. If you don't think I don't know that financial things are bearing on top of you, milk. Oh, my Lord, it costs so much. We go through two gallons of milk a week. I like milk. And cookies. Yes. What we've got to realize and understand, God... None of these things that's going on caught God by surprise. The financial struggles you're going through, this did not catch God by surprise. The health issues that you're facing in your life did not catch God by surprise. God knew these things was going to happen. You know how I know that? Romans, the very first verse we read, Romans chapter 8, said God foreknew you. God already knew these things was going to happen, and so guess what? God was un- God knew it was going to happen, but God's trying to prepare us. And God's helping us to get through. Do you know how you do that? I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. The Spirit bears witness, Romans 8 and 16, the Spirit, Spirit bears witness within our spirit, and we are children of God. I skipped ahead last week and I I brought this out. If you have doubt, 
If you have a thought process that you're not really a child of God, if you have things going on in your life and you think that you're not a child of God, here's a little experiment. I had a couple of you last week when I, when I, did, when I said this, y'all was looking at me cross-eyed. Y'all wanted to make sure I was saying what I was saying. I was saying what I meant to say. But I want you to really listen to what I'm saying. If you think you're not a child of God, you square your shoulders back and you shout it to the top of your lungs like you're at your favorite ball game, like your children, you're cheering your child on or a friend on as they're making the winning point in a baseball, basketball, football game. You shout it to the top of your lungs. You say, I am not. If you think you're not a child of God, say it. I'm not. You can't do it. You'll feel weird. You'll feel strange. That, then you square your shoulders back and just as loud as you can, you shout it from the rooftop and you tell the devil, you look him square in the eye and say, I am a child of God. Do you know how you get to do that? Because you've got boldness. You're a child of the king. You're not a peasant. You're a child of the king. Why? Because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit bears witness in you. When you shout it from the rooftop, I am a child of God. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's going to take notice to it. Every demonic spirit out of the pits of hell is going to realize something has happened. Do you know what's going to happen at that point in time? Your spirit, yeah, I know it. You know it too, don't you? The Spirit's going to bear witness to you, through you, to those around you, and you're going to get more bolder than you ever have been before. Why? Because you are the child of a king. Time that we as a church act like we're the child of a king. Amen? You know one of the things that happens whenever you're, whenever you're saved, when you have salvation in your life? You know what happens? What happens is, is our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ grows. Oh, you mean I got to like those folks? I said, your love. There's a, some of you got it, some of you didn't. Our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is going to grow. You're going to find yourself, look, just about every person connected to this church whether you're in-house or you're joined on live feed, just about every person, whenever COVID was going on, or even now, when you, when you miss a church service, you're having to be homesick, you're not able to be here due to life, life takes place, just about every person, I'll get a text or a phone call or something happens, and somebody says, I sure did miss being there. You know, you didn't miss being here just so you could see my ugly nose. That ain't why you missed being here. You know why you miss being here? Because you miss being in the presence of the Heavenly Father and of our brothers and sisters in Christ. You miss that buildup of, of encouragement that you receive from one another. You miss that. Why? Because you're, you're, go, you're down in the dumps. You feel low. You feel depressed. You feel like you've got anxiety. And then you, they're singing a song and you're, you're standing there and you're just sort of, you, you feel like a burden's on you. You feel like Chains and burdens is bearing you down. And then you look over 
and you see somebody standing next to you and they got their hands raised and they're singing the song, My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me like a flood. His, you look over and you see them singing the song and they're singing the song and, you, and they do it again and they say, my chains are gone. I've been set free. And then you happen to think back and you see, oh, I remember a prayer request that come through and they've got this going on in their lives and they've got this going on in their lives. These things are happening and this is taking... I remember what's going on in their lives and they're, they're sitting here, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior. And they're singing and they're praising God. And then guess what? That depression, that, that, that chain that's bound you down, it starts to loosen. Why? Because you know what's happening in their lives. You know a little bit what's going on in their lives. And they can sing it to the top of their lungs off key. My chains are gone. What we've got to realize and understand is when we come to the house of God together, our love for, for being around our brothers and sisters in Christ, it grows. Why? Because I want to see that somebody else may be going through something like I'm going through, and they can still worship God. They can still lift up their hands and worship God. And that brings you encouragement. That builds you up. Amen? Amen? How many just really don't like, but never, nope, nope, don't raise your hands. You'll hurt my feelings. No, let's go. First John, where are we? Oh, First John chapter 3. First John 3 and 14. For we know that we have passed out of death into life. We have left the death of sin, despair, agony. We have left the death of sin, the death of despair, the death of agony, the death of defeat. We've left that and we've walked into life. The Bible tells me I can have life and have it more abundantly. It's time we get a hold of the abundance of life. Amen? A saved person senses a kind of love for others who are saved. You, you, you feel it in your spirit. I, I've told this once or twice. Walked into Home Depot one day and I'm, I, got, I got mud on me. I've been, I've been digging in flower beds. I've got dirt on me. I'm, I'm, I'm dirty. Walk into Home Depot. I'm getting more, getting more dirt, getting flowers, getting stuff. Walk up to the cash register. I got a ball cap on. Some of you probably seen, if y'all seen me, look, y'all know, come on. Everybody in here is used to seeing me in a suit and tie. And you see me in blue jeans, dirty blue jeans, dirty shirt, with a ball cap on. Don't look like I, I, I look dirty. You just sort of look and you look away, you're like, I don't know who I thought it was. I've had, don't tell me it don't happen, I've had... Sister Carrie, I tell you, as people walked up to, up to us before and they look at me, I know you from somewhere. 
I'm in blue jeans and a t-shirt or a polo shirt or something. I know you from somewhere. I said, oh, you do? Where from? I like to play a game with them. It's where do you know me from? She says, I'm mean when I do it. We'll start going down the list. Places they may know me from. And then they realize, visualize the suit and tie. I know you, your brother Andy. Y'all, that happens. But this lady, this lady walks up. She's the cashier at, at, at Home Depot. I got one of those, got one of those, uh, those, uh, uh, those carts, you know, the flat carts that you can put dirt and you can put flowers on. And I got a bunch of stuff sitting on that thing. And I pushed up her and she's ringing things up. And she looks, I ain't told her who I am. I ain't never met this woman before except at Home Depot. And she looks up at me and she says, you have got to be a pastor. And I looked at her and I said, well, how do you know that? She said, I just know that you, sir, are a child of God. And I just looked at her and I said, how do you know? I did. I just looked at her eyeball to eyeball and I said, how do you know? She said, your spirit's resonating with mine. I know you are a pastor. I know you're a servant of God. I know you're a child of God. Why? Because our spirit bears witness with one another. She's ringing it up, and I said, do I get the preacher discount? And she just laughs. She didn't like me that much. But then she did look at me. She said, do you have any veterans that goes to your church? I said, we do. She said, you're getting the veterans discount. She's ever running the register. I go to her register. But I thought she was just going to shout right there in the middle of the aisle, right there at Home Depot. We started talking about church. She's ringing up azalea bushes or whatever it was I was checking out that day. She's ringing up dirt, uh, 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 packs of dirt, them, uh, bags of dirt or pot and soil. She's ringing that stuff up. She said, mm, glory to God. Mm, hallelujah. And she just... I'm like, Lord have mercy, this woman going to have church right here in the Home Depot. That poor lady behind us in line, she thought we're crazy. Why? Because as saved people, we have a bond, even though I'd never met her before. Why? Because as a child of God, you desire fellowship one with another. You enjoy being around somebody that's saved. I'm going to be real with you. We've been called to witness to those that's not saved. Amen? But I sure, do, I sure do appreciate being around Christians a whole lot more. Did I say that out loud? I sure did. True Christians. Let me throw that in there. The love and the desire that transcends a cheap, selfish love of today's age. Love being around children of God. That love is impartial. It loves those who are alike and those who are different. 
It's the oneness, the harmony which the world longs for. It's the testimony of a saved person. I didn't have to tell that person I was saved. She knew I was saved. Why? Our spirit bore witness one another. Psalms 133 verse, verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in fight, confusion, discord. Nope. When we're together in unity. Does anybody know where that unity? Hello? Does, anybody, does that sound familiar to anybody? Acts chapter 2, hello? What we've got to realize is when we're in unity, we have the security of salvation. Really wanted to get to this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. This verse tore me up. Reading this verse, digging in through this. This verse just tore me up. I told myself I wasn't going wasn't to do this. You've got to understand something. You have security of your salvation. Please do not think that I'm, try, that I'm trying to promote a once saved, always saved uh, foundation of salvation because I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't believe in that in a minute. But there's security in your salvation. There's security in the fact that can't nobody take it away from you. But too many times people will take it for granted. They lay it down like a garment and think they can just pick it right back up when they want it. But then they lay it down as a garment and then pick it right back up again. I'm going to tell you something. That's not the way salvation works. That's not the way this works. As a Christian... You've received the security of your salvation, the assurance that you're saved. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. You, can, you, you, you don't have to go through your mindset and say, I know I'm, I'm saved today, but will I still be saved tomorrow? You don't have to do that. The question is not about assurance. It's about security. You have security in God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 14. I have perceived that whatever God does. Whatever God does. Endures. Forever. God has not changed. 6,000 years ago when God. When the spirit of God moved across and hovered across the waters. And he said let there be light. The same God then is the same God today. And guess what? He'll be the same God tomorrow. God has not changed. What God has done endures forever. Mankind is who takes it for granted. Mankind is the one that thinks, well, eh, this is my salvation. I don't need it today. I'll just toss it off to the side and I'm going to do what I want to do. It'll be over there tomorrow when I need it. It'll be where I, want, where I need it when, I, when I'm there or when I need it again. But I want you to watch something. I want you to see something. You seen what I've done? I threw them over there. 
But we're over here. We're enjoying the, the pleasures of life. We're doing something. We're just enjoying life. Because I know, look, I got assurance. My salvation's over there where I threw it. I can go pick it up whenever I want to. Mankind's taking it for granted. Oh, I can't see it because I ain't got my glasses on. Hang on. Let me put my glasses on. Let me find my salvation again, okay? Well, I thought I laid it down over there somewhere. Didn't I, didn't I put it right here? Didn't it land right here? The Bible says, whatever God does endures forever. God sent His Son to die on the cross for my sin, for your sin. And I'm going to tell you something. There ain't a thing anybody can do that can undo that. You're not going to be able to undo the cross of Calvary. But so many take it for granted and say, I've got it today. I'm laying it over there. I'm going to enjoy life. I've got time. Time is a vapor. It's here today. Bam, gone tomorrow. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon presents differences. Differences between mankind and everything else. God made man special. God made man and created man for a greater purpose, a greater objective. Quit taking it for granted. What God does, He intends to be forever. That's the security of God. That's the promise of God. God is wanting to do an eternal work. And God has, joined, has called us to join Him in that work. We need to be a part of something greater. God has called us to be a part of something greater. We need to go out every day looking for opportunities to, bait, to make a significance in the world we're living in. When that day, die, that day comes that I die and they lay this body in the ground, I want there to be a significance out of my life. I don't want, look, everybody, let's be real. I don't want whoever's going to stand over that grave, I don't want them to say, well, he loved Debbie Cakes. That's all we can say about him. He loved Debbie Cakes. I don't want that to be the only thing everybody knows about me. I don't want that to be all that is known about the bald-headed preacher. I want there to be, there's got to, we have got to live our lives as if there's significance about our lives. Why? Because whatever God does, God endures forever. Knowing this, 
It is God's purpose to stir within our hearts fear and reverence for Him. All of our activities, all of our experiences, everything that we're doing should bring us to the place of acknowledging God and recognizing Him instead of taking... Give my salvation back. Instead of taking it for granted and just tossing it to the side so that... I'm not calling J.J. the devil, but... Instead of tossing our salvation to the side so that the devil can come pick it up and steal it from you. I didn't call him the devil. He just played the part. Does he have horns? Instead of tossing it to the side and taking salvation for granted, we need to hold on to what God's done in our lives. We need to understand that we need to make a we need to make effort to do what God's called us to do. What does this mean? We need to fear God. I had somebody the other day. A couple of weeks ago, they said that they don't like people scaring people to get saved. I, I don't like that either. I don't want nobody scared to get saved. I don't want them being scared into getting saved. Now, this is the facts of life. You can walk out of this sanctuary, you can get in your car, and you can die in a car wreck. That's just a fact of life, okay? That could happen. You do not need to waste that moment when God's tugging at your hearts to get saved. That, I'm, that's not a scare tactic. That's just the facts, right? But the facts of the matter is, is that we need to fear God in all we do. Now, the fear of God is a whole different ball game than the fear that people, when we use that word here. I don't like, I don't like scary movies. I don't like them. Somebody will say they're devilish. I don't say they're devilish. I just don't like them. That's Andy. I just don't like them. I'm not a fan of them. That's me. Don't scare me into doing something that you think I should do. What we've got to realize and understand is that's not the fear of God. The fear of God is something totally different. The fear of God means to reverence Him, to show Him reverence. To fear God means to worship Him. The fear of God means to stand in awe of Him, to recognize who He is, to obey His word, His command, to give Him a proper place in our lives. That is the fear of God. We need to fear God. So the question today is, do we have security? I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't say this once saved, always saved stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, do we have security in our salvation? The answer is, is are you doing something to fear God? Are you allowing Him to stir you? Are you allowing Him to use you? Are you allowing Him to align your life to His purpose? Or are we just sitting back and letting the world go by and taking our salvation for granted and tossing it to the side? We need to reverence God. Amen? Don't take Him for granted. Don't take him for granted. Would you stand? What we've got to realize and understand is God's a mighty big God and he don't like to be ignored. God's also a jealous God. He does not like to be ignored. 
We've got to put our trust and our dependence in Him. We need to fear God. We need to allow God to do something in our lives. Amen? Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Today you've come into this house. You're not here by happenstance. You're not by here by coincidence. You're not here by just, oh, it's somewhere to go. You're here today, and God's tugged at your hearts. God's tugged at you. God's, God's urging at you. God's needing at you, and he's saying, hey, you, you can have that same security he was talking about. You might have been saved for years, and what you need to realize and understand, the devil still don't like it, but you can have security in your salvation today. You might have been saved for a hundred years, or you may be saved just for a week. We've got to realize and understand God, what God does, endures forever. We need to trust and depend on Him today, amen? As we're praying, if you need anything from God this morning, you need to be anointed and prayed for, would you come? Whatever you need today, God has the answer. You can trust in Him. You can depend on Him. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, if you need something from God, come. As we're praying, come. Let's get a hold of God today. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. Come on, I need some prayer warriors to come on. Come on, let's get to an altar. Come on. I need some prayer warriors today. God, whatever the need is, I know that God has the answer. God has the answer. We just have to trust and depend on Him. Heavenly Father, I'm praying today that you'll move and minister in our lives like only you can. God, I thank you for what you've done in our midst and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Live feed, thank you so much for being with us. Continue to be paying close attention to our text, our social medias for announcements, for services and things going on this week. May God bless you. Amen and amen.